This is the Gopher Puck Live podcast, episode number 16, recorded February 14th, 2012. Welcome to the Gopher Puck Live podcast. Along with Hammy and Cardinal, I'm your host, Jupiter. Magnus Arena, a house of horrors for Don Lucia and the Gopher hockey team. Since becoming the Gopher coach, the Don is 4-12-2 at Magnus. Overall, he's 14-22-3 against Denver since taking over for Doug Woog. Cardinal, is Magnus a house of horrors for just the Don, or is it just a bad place for everybody to play? Well, probably a little bit of both. I mean, Denver's had, you know, I mean, you can make a case that over the last 10 years, which is basically Lucia's tenure, that they've been the best overall team in the WCHA over that 10-year stretch. So, I mean, they've been a legit team. And my point last week was that, you know, maybe this is the time where the Gophers can change it just due to the fact that they, in theory, had a goaltending edge. And, um, you know, that didn't exactly come to fruition. I mean, Patterson wasn't horrible, but, um, you know, he's this team's best player. And we've seen him a lot of weekends where he needs to be that. And this weekend he was you know, a B minus C plus maybe. And that just wasn't good enough against a, you know, a Denver team that is getting a little bit healthier. And obviously they were still missing some key parts, especially on Saturday with Zucker out. But, um, you know, I think you can make a pretty strong case that they're the you know best team in the WCHA right now. If Sam Britton plays like he, you know, showed he was capable of last year. So yeah, I mean, neither game was obviously a blowout and I wouldn't mind another uh, crack at those guys at the final five, but um, yeah, it's unfortunate for the Gophers. It's seen what it did to their pairwise ranking. It's going to be tough to flip that comparison against Denver now, since those are the only two meetings, unless they, like I said, get another crack at them at the Final Five. And, uh, yeah, it was definitely a down weekend after it seemed like the team was getting a little bit of uh, momentum going. Now, Hammy, um, Don Lucci has obviously since taken over, he's been terrible against Denver. But he's done well against other teams. I mean, he's you know fairly good, you know, at least 500 or above against most other teams. What is Gwazdecki doing against Don to dominate him, basically? Well, I mean, I think, you know, I don't think there's any one specific thing that you can point to. Sometimes, you know, it's a, you know, maybe it's just a matchup situation. They've had, you know, we've talked about last week, you know, uh, whose name slips my mind, their goalie that had been, you know, pretty dominant against us the last few years. and Chevrolet. Um, which yeah. which one? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, they've had some really, you know, very strong goaltending performances against us. And, you know, we have been down the last, uh, you know, three-plus years, you know, before this year. So that's obviously going to play a role in it. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I, you'd have to ask the players how much of effect, the, you know, the whole altitude change and all that. And, and I don't know if that has any effect or not on those guys. But, you know, they always talk about it in sports whenever you go to uh, – you know, Denver or whatever, in any kind of sport, you know, they always talk about that. So, you know, at some point you kind of have to either wonder if it's true or if it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because the guys think that way or it's hard to say, but I mean, you have to give Denver credit. They're a good team. And like Cardinal said, they're getting healthier and, you know, they got uh, their best goalie back. So they're certainly in a position, you know, to make some noise in the playoffs. Well, they are definitely the preseason pick to, you know, by many people uh, to win the WCHA and, you know, and, and dominate this year. Obviously, with the injuries, they started off slow, been up and down, and then obviously Minnesota comes to town, and it makes them feel better real quick after uh, a disappointing weekend against Colorado College. But let's start with Friday night. Obviously, Friday night started very well. We got that early goal, and everything looked great, and then it just fell apart. You know, I I remember you talking. Uh, I don't know if you were tweeting during the week during the game, Carnival. I thought I recall you saying. You know, something along the lines that uh, this is just not like a normal gopher team. Yeah, it was weird. And, you know, one of the reasons I kind of talked both last week on the podcast and then with PA was, you know, I was kind of excited about the Gophers' chances. Just they did a lot of the little things right. And it seemed like, you know, for the most part on the weekend that was true. But when they stopped doing them, Denver just completely took advantage. And I know, you know, we touched on it on the post game on Saturday night about the faceoffs, and you saw how it killed them in the game-winning goal on Saturday night. But back to Friday night, I mean, you know, so many of the goals were off, you know, just lapses in the defensive zone or, you know, like the one where Jackson had all day on the side and it seemed like nobody was going at him and the whole team was just kind of standing still and 
you know, he kind of gets a seeing eye shot, but you know what? He scored. And that, you know, again, Saturday night, the top guys kind of took over, but that was maybe the most frustrating part about Friday is that it was Denver's, you know, not the shore guys or not Zucker. I mean, it was the kind of meat and potatoes guys that were beating us. And usually, you know, with this gopher team, they've had such good depth up front that, you know, that typically hasn't been the case. And, you know, from the second and third period on, it was a pretty even game and you could even argue the gophers with a better team, but I mean, when you give up three goals in the first period on the road, I mean, I don't know what the numbers are and whatever, but you're, you know, you're just not going to win, especially like you mentioned earlier, it's a place where the team generally doesn't win and Denver is, you know, not, this isn't one of their better, you know, the best teams they've had, but it's certainly a good team and they're in contention for the league title. So this isn't a down year for them by any stretch. It's just, you know, the record doesn't maybe indicate how good they really are due to Britain being out. But yeah, I mean, they just got behind the eight ball and stopped doing, you know, a lot of the things that kind of made them successful, particularly in that St. Cloud weekend where, you know they won a couple tight games but they did so by blocking shots and winning face-offs and it just seemed like all that went out the window well it seems like they got real frustrated friday night um obviously after uh mr zucker scored a goal he must have said something to the bench because kyle Roud did not appreciate it too much when he decided to pretty much take a run at uh zucker um obviously he got the five minute major when zucker didn't get up and uh then the wcha felt it was uh enough to suspend him for another game. Uh, this has not happened much this season. What had happened once earlier this year to a UNO player for knee-on-knee contact. But other than that, that's the only thing the WCHA has done all year long. And I know, Hammy, you've been kind of harping on this all weekend on Twitter. It's like, you know, suspend him, it's fine, but be consistent. And you just haven't seen any consistency all year with it. Well, I mean, it's not like I've watched every WCHA game, but even the ones that I have seen, I've seen worse hits than what we saw out of Rao. You know, I mean, like the Christo hit for me was, you know, on Marshall was a worse hit. I mean, he was intentionally trying to drive Marshall's head into the boards from behind. I mean, yeah, it's plays like that, and we've seen other plays. In fact, that night, you know, there were a few, I think there was at least one in the, the Duluth-UND game that was pretty questionable that, you know, they got a five-minute major, and uh, uh, they got kicked out of the game, I think. I can't remember which player it was, but, uh, you know, I, I just I say to myself, well, you know, where do you say, you know, this is suspension-worthy and this one isn't? Um, you know, is it just because the guy's down on the ice, you know, longer or something or what? I mean, I'm not trying to make light of the fact the guy gets hurt, but, you know, I say to myself, if I'm a player out there and I get hit from behind – I'm going to be out on the ice, whether I'm feeling it or not. I'm going to be down for, you know, a couple minutes because it's like, what the hell do I have to lose? You know, maybe I'll draw not only the five minutes, but maybe I'll get the guy kicked out of the next game. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. what do you have to lose? I mean, and I just think, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, the future, somebody that gets hit from behind or whatever, that they're going to be faking it. But you have to consider that if they're going to be suspending guys like Rao for that hit, I mean, you know, where do you start drawing the line when you haven't called some of these things earlier in the season? So for me, it's just, I didn't think it was suspension worthy. Um, you know, I, I, it's unfortunate that, you know, the guy gets hurt and, and it was, you know, definitely a five minute major and he, he got what he deserved as far as the penalty goes. Um, but as far as getting suspended the next game, I just thought that that was pretty weak and, uh, you know, considering what we've seen this year and, um, but it's the WCHA, you know, and we don't, that's just kind of how it's been. You never know what the hell they're going to do. And um, this is just kind of further evidence of that. Yeah, I really don't have a lot to add to that. I mean, that's what I kind of, when it happened, you know, on Friday night, I went back and again, it's not to pick on North Dakota or whatever, but it's just, you know, it was against the Gophers. And like Hammy said, I mean, that Christo hits as bad as I've seen just because it was from behind and, you know, he used his glove and put it right on the back of Marshall's head and put him into the glass and, you know, what if Ben Marshall would have stayed down for 10 minutes and then, you know, not played the next night? I mean, what would Christo have got? Would he even, I mean, maybe he wouldn't have even been suspended because that's just the WCHA's MO. So I guess on one hand, it was kind of surprising to hear that on Saturday, but then, like Cammy said, when you factor in just the inconsistency and, you know, this general, I don't even know what you want to call it, buffoonery or whatever that the head office has when it comes to a lot of things and especially suspensions or officiating and just the inconsistency. I mean, it seems like we've touched, touched on that as much as anything on these podcasts this year, you know, just various times where it's just really random why, you know, this guy gets a five minute major and somebody else doesn't or, you know, so again, I guess it wasn't a total shock and it's not something that's probably going to change and it's just going to be one of those things we, you know, as Gopher fans deal with for another year and a quarter or whatever and hopefully the things change when 
they uh, roll over to the Big Ten. Well, I think Christo should have been suspended just for his little hissy fit after that. I mean, that was well worth it right there. Yeah, I mean, I don't, like I said, you know, for, there's been lots of hits this year that I, I don't know about you guys, but for me, were worse. I mean, so I don't know what the, you know, as if it, is it just because a guy is out the next game or he's in, I mean, what's, I would have been, you know, very interested to hear what the explanation for the, you know, the suspension was. I mean, what made that, you know, suspension worthy compared to other situations where it wasn't? I mean, you know, is it, and that's, that's one the thing, thing they, they need to be more public with. And they wonder why we always are suspicious because we never hear anything. We just, you know, Don got a phone call and that's pretty much all we heard is, you know, he's suspended. And we never hear a reason why or or anything like that. And I think that's why a lot of people get upset about it. Well, and this year too, like with, I mean, I'm not saying they need to do what the NHL does with Brendan Shanahan, you know, doing a video on the league website, you know, but those have in general been pretty well accepted by the hockey community. And obviously with fan bases, there's a lot of crossover between fans of the college game and fans of the National Hockey League. So you think that somebody in the head office would say, oh boy, well, fans seem to be reacting well to these explanations. And obviously it doesn't need to be a video, especially when it's the next day. And, but if, you know, you could, whoever makes the decision, whether it's Papa Shepard or whoever goes into it, just in that press release they put on the website, just add a paragraph or a few bullet points and say, this was suspendable because because of X, Y, and Z, not just Rao hit him last night and here he's suspended, I think. But again, that's these are the same complaints that you started, you know, hearing not so much out of Minnesota and Wisconsin when the Big Ten thing, but the you know, once the national is formed and you you know hear all these complaints about the league just being kind of behind the times when it comes to a lot of different things, whether it was something as minor as the league website or something as major as officiating. So again, I it's fortunate or unfortunate and very frustrating, but again, it's just not surprising at this point, and that's too bad. Well, a tweet from our buddy in Wisconsin, Chuck Schwartz. He says, Rao was suspended because the game was on – well, he was suspended because the game was on NBC Sports Network. He didn't even think it was the worst hit of the weekend, you know, throughout the WCHA. And I could see some of that, but, you know, there was a pretty bad hit, obviously, up in Duluth, and that game was on CBS Sports. And that that network seen by more than the NBC. Well, and the other thing is, is that – um, the the UNO player that got suspended early earlier in the year for the uh, knee on knee hit against uh, UMD, he only got a two minute minor in that game when he got that penalty. He didn't get a five minute. He didn't get tossed. But then they just decided, you know, after the fact that okay, he's getting suspended. But you know, so I mean, there's just I, I don't <laughs> know what the heck you know how you were going to judge these situations. I have no clue. You know, I, I said it about uh, when we saw. Um, Nick Oliver get just smoked against Wisconsin. I'm, I don't even know what a good check is anymore. I don't know what a good open ice check is anymore because it's like, you know, the minute the ref sees a stick go flying and a guy down on the ice, whether it's clean or not, he's got the idiot's got his hand in the air and it's a five minute major. I mean, it's just ridiculous nowadays. I know that they're trying to protect players and everything, but to me, that was a perfectly clean hit, and he just drove right through him. And, of course, it, you know, when you hit a guy that perfectly in the chest, of course his head's going to snap down a little bit, and it's going to look like a, you know, a head shot. But, you know, it just I, – I don't know. They're, it seems like they're trying to take some of the physicality out of the game in general. I mean, I understand a little bit on the high school level, but it's just like you can't, you know, you can't get rid of all of it, and it just becomes a little bit overboard to me. Well, moving on, obviously this weekend was not good for the Gophers in the pairwise rankings. What are they, number 13 now? I think it's down to 14 oh, yeah, after the because bean of pot. Bean pot, obviously, yeah, causing more effect there. But our buddy Fire Helmet guy has a question. Ooh. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and it could be, you know, a relevant question. If the Gophers do not make the NCAAs, what do you think should happen with Don Lucia? And if he is released, who would you guys like to give a look at as as a new coach? Obviously, who knows what they'd think about a new coach, but do you think he should be let go? Uh, I personally do not think he should be because, um, you know, I, I don't – the season, it's been – you know, because it's been a fine line. I mean, the reason why we're where we are as much as anything is because of a small number of games where – in non-conference where we just – 
didn't play well, you know. And I know that you look back in the last few seasons and say, okay, yeah. But to me, this year has been different. I mean, you can see an improvement despite what the pairwise might say. I mean, you can see that the team is, you know, they're performing better. They're better defensively. They're better offensively. Um, you can see that there's improvements there. And, and certainly the recruiting pipeline, the, you know, what they've kind of adjusted on things, that's certainly going to be paying dividends down the road. So I don't see, you know, that being really worthy of um, happening as far as if they did do that. I have no doubt that Gensel is going to be the next head coach. That's my personal opinion. Okay. I don't have any insider info on that one as far as, you know, that I know anything. But I really think that he wouldn't have come back, you know, if he didn't have a pretty darn good idea that he was going to be the next guy in line. Granted, you know, there's going to be a new, you know, athletic director. So you kind of, that's a wild card part of it. But I just think that, you know, he's going to be the next guy. And uh, that's pretty much what that's going to happen. I think. Well, I think that's the key here is the new athletic director. They're not going to make any coaching changes until they have somebody in place. And, you know, they might choose somebody soon, but that person doesn't come online until, what is it, the 1st of July? Something like that, yeah. And that's awfully late to make that type of decision at the end of, or, you know, the beginning of the, or middle of the summer. So just for that reason, I don't see them making any sort of change. Well, right. And, you know, maturing is not going to do anything, you know, while he's kind of a lame duck. So, yeah, I mean, I highly doubt that there's going to be any change. Plus, with the new deal he got, even if it's, you know, kind of an easy one for the you to get out of. Uh, I just don't see it happening. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, like you guys said, it's just it's not going to happen. I mean, they're going to finish in the top three in the conference, and you know whether they. I mean, I, despite the fact they're 14th in the pairwise, if you look at the schedule plus factor in a you know relatively on paper at least easy first round matchup, it's not like they're going to have to go on the road or you know play somebody that they really don't want to. I mean, they're over the next eight games. I they should win what five or six and. I mean, at least hopefully, I mean, it's a tough, so again, I don't think it's going to happen. And I mean, again, with the new athletic director, who knows? And if, you know, and I don't know if anything was promised against all necessarily, but just to kind of play devil's advocate, I guess, if they did decide to go a different direction, I think the guy out at Denver would be probably my choice because there have been rumors that he's not happy with his contract and wants to get more money. And obviously that wouldn't be an issue here. And he's, he has a great track record. And um, so that's just, again, probably not going to happen, but just, you know, different name to throw out there that could be a little bit off the board and not, you know, an M guy or whatever. So, well, I see the thing for me is I, I think that they're going to go either Minnesotan or uh, an alum, the next head coach. I, I mean, I just have a hard time believing that they're going to really go outside of that realm. Even if there's good candidates, it just, to me, I just have a hard time believing that that's, you know, not going to be the route that, and it's not like there's not some really good, you know, Minnesota or um, Gopher connected, uh, you know, people out there that could take over that type of a job. So, um, I, I mean, yeah, it's it's nice to kind of throw names around, and yeah, I mean, it's interesting discussion in that sense. But I'd be very surprised if it's not somebody who's not tied to the area. Yeah, well, fire helmet. He just wants to get rid of Lucia. I think that's all he wants. He wants the controversy. He's the negativity. He is. He wants the negativity. He kept. He keeps texting me all the time about Lucia's wardrobe and like his ties and shirts. And he's. I don't know. It's like I've kind of got an affinity for the Don's ties, and I think that's kind of rubbed off on him. And now he's Uh-oh. kind of into into fashion and keeps talking about houndstooth and all sorts of stuff. So I think he's just got kind of a burr in the saddle. He'll be. Uh, he'll calm down here eventually. <laughs> when they make the tournament, he'll be happier. Definitely. Well, obviously, the other big weekend series was uh, North Dakota splitting up at UMD. What do you think, Ryan? Well, it's, uh, you know, at one point this year, it looked like I might be uh, in the running for the preposterous statement tournament by saying North Dakota was going to win the league, but not that they're going to at this point. But if you look at their schedule the rest of the way, I mean, I feel as though we're going to be sitting here in a month talking about they're the best team going into the final five. And it's kind of a weird deal. You thought that with the injuries they've had and, you know, a lot of guys are done for the year, there's not anyone that's, you know, coming back to save the day at this point. But 
you can't deny what they've done. I mean, since that Gopher series, they've been pretty lights out. And, you know, they split in Duluth last weekend and, you know, made a good run at them on Saturday night. And, you know, Duluth's not playing great right now, but, you know, it's still a pretty tough team to go against. And, yeah, I mean, I watched, you know, the Friday night game and the Sioux were dominant. I mean, they, you know, that decor and goaltending right now is kind of living up to what everyone thought it would be at the start of the year. And, you know, we've seen them struggle so much when they went out to Wisconsin and got swept and swept here and were giving up all sorts of goals. But, I mean, you look at it now, they're getting offense for some guys that they didn't early in the year. And with that top line that they have, you know, with Chris Stowe and Nelson and um, what's his name, Corbin Knight, I mean, they're a legit team right now. And it sucks as a Gopher fan because it's every year. And this you thought if any year would be the year where they wouldn't turn it on in the second half, it would be this year with the injuries and, you know, losing so much from last year. But, you know, they've won, what, 14-4 or something like that since that Gopher series. I mean, they've, they're doing it again, and it sucks. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really have too much to add. For me, um, yeah, I think Duluth, they, you know, they're starting to show some wear, you know, a little bit, and it, some uh, cracks in the foundation, you know, and you start to start to wonder if maybe, you know, like we talked about a couple of different times, you know, is it a matter of, you know, do they peak too soon? And now, I don't, I don't know, I haven't seen anything, but is Brown, how long is Brown going to be out for? Is he going to be out for a little while? Yeah, I know there was a bunch of conflicting reports on Saturday night when it happened, but I think if I think it's a finger or something, I think it's a month ish. I don't think it's like you know into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, but, yeah I'm, I mean I'm, it's not season ending, but it's not like he's not going to play this weekend either. I mean it's going to be at least a few weeks. It seems like. So is that yeah. official? He's officially not out, or that, do we know anything official on that? I mean, I don't know if they've said. I'm just kind of going by uh, what the great Duluth insider, drunk hockey guy, has kind of uh, relayed via Twitter and texting and everything else. And as much as people on GPL want to rip on him, he does have some pretty good sources. So, um, yeah, I guess I haven't heard from him lately on it. But I guess as of Sunday, when the dust started to settle a little bit, I think it was, you know, two to four weeks, something like that. Well, and and for me, you know, with all due respect to um, Connolly, I think Brown has been playing their best hockey in the last, you know, handful of weeks. And so, um, I, you know, that'll be certainly a, a big loss to them in the coming weeks. And, uh, you know, I don't know what you guys have, uh, if you've looked at, you know, any of the kind of what if stuff or whatever recent, you know, given this last few weeks, but for me, and I was talking with somebody on Twitter about this today that I, I think the Gophers, uh, they need to get, I think, ten points to ensure winning the league. You know, it, you know, in these last three series, that's the way that I look at it. That that's, I don't care how they get it if it's, you know, sweeps at home and uh, split on the road or whatever. But to me, that's that's the way they're they're going to win the league. I, I think that, uh, you know, Denver's got some you know tough series. They still have to, UND at home and they have a. Uh, you know, UNO on the road, and uh, they're at Wisconsin. Of course, Wisconsin's down this year, but, you know, you never know what's going to happen in Madison. So, um, and, yeah, I mean, North Dakota is certainly playing some very good hockey, and uh, it'll be, I think, the interesting thing for them down the stretch is how they're going to perform at Denver. I mean, that's certainly going to be a very heated series. Um, You know, they don't like each other. Um, They're probably, you know, as close to the Gophers-Seuss, you know, rivalry is because of all the kind of, you know, injuries and whatever else has gone on in recent years with players. Um, so, yeah, that'll be a very interesting uh, series to watch, and uh, it'll be interesting. I think uh, North Dakota, I, I think they're only going to end up around fourth place. And uh, But, you know, yeah, I mean, you get into the uh, playoffs and you never know what's going to happen. Mankato sweeping Anchorage. Does anybody care? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, from a gopher point of view, I mean, you look at where the teams could finish and, you know, I guess Mankato has been a team that's been definitely trending upward kind of the second half of the year since that gopher series. I mean, they played the gophers pretty tough that series ended up getting swept. But since then, I mean, just glancing at their schedule, there may be a game or two over 500. And, um, you know, so again, it's not a team that I would necessarily fear given our, in general, our history against them. But in recent years, the gophers have had a little bit more of an issue with them. And um, obviously if they, you know, continue to stay strong, now they're, schedule the rest of the way is they're off this weekend i believe or they have an off weekend mix in but they've played duluth and north dakota so their string of playing better you know it's been against omaha bemidji michigan tech anchorage so maybe it's a little bit of a you know due to the schedule but just to uh, try to make them relevant and uh, relate them to the gophers somewhat here on this uh, gopher theme podcast but yeah just something maybe uh, keep in mind 
Well, and I think, yeah, I mean, and I want, I hope the Gophers, you know, if they win the league, I mean, I want them to play Anchorage. I mean, they kind of have some payback, you know, for the playoffs last year. And, um, you know, it'd be nice to kind of get that uh, opportunity to kind of end their season. We've got UNO taking three points at home against Michigan Tech. Any thoughts on that series? Uh, not too many for me. I'm a little surprised that uh, Tech didn't at least uh, split, you know, because I think that they've been playing some pretty solid hockey. Um, but, you know, UNO is a real wild card. You never know what the heck they're going to do um, from one week to the next, you know, one game to the next. They're very unpredictable. They're sort of, you know, they're like gophers light, I guess you could say, you know, in terms of unpredictability. So uh, it's a very interesting team. Yeah, I mean, again, a ton to add. I mean, I th- was, was it Winter Carnival last weekend? I think it was. Maybe I could be wrong on that. but Yeah, I think you're right, yeah. So maybe, I don't know, it's, I don't follow Tech close enough. Maybe they got caught up in the hoopla of that a little bit. Or, I don't know, I mean, obviously they're doing it much better than anyone anticipated. So maybe got a little ahead of themselves or something like that. But, again, it's not like they're, you know, in second or third place. I mean, they were still a, you know, 500 team essentially in the league. So it's, And they had you know, played well at home as well. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they've been right, you know, right. again at the start of the year. I mean, that's how they got going. They used to talk Wisconsin, and I think they did decent against Denver. So, yeah, that's kind of how they got their role. So, we'll see if they can get it back on track. Bemidji, this week's opponent for the Gophers, sweeps Colorado College. Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting. Bemidji's, you know, a pretty pesky team, particularly at home. And, uh, you know, so I'm not entirely surprised. I, you know, I think it's surprising they'd sweep them. I mean, I think I picked that. I don't know if I said what I said last week. I thought maybe it was a split I said, but, um, yeah, I mean, you can't really, you know, when anybody goes into Bemidji, you just can't really uh, rule out, you know, some of the, uh, no matter who the team is. And Bemidji's played a pretty tough schedule this year, so you kind of have to give them credit. They're very solid defensively. I think they're third in the league in goals against, so defensively they're pretty solid and uh, they're not going to score a lot, but, you know, you're kind of, Looking ahead to our, you know, I know we'll talk about it in a little bit, but I, that's the way I kind of envision Bemidji winning games is uh, usually keeping things pretty close and tight. Yeah, I mean, you look, you know, obviously not super familiar with them just because they're not on TV a whole lot, although they are the one, I guess I shouldn't say that they do make their way on, to, at least on direct TV, the channel 22 or 23 or whatever it is, but with Gophers playing Friday and Saturday nights, no offense to Bemidji fans, but they're not on the top of my DVR list of games to catch up on, but, um, you know, it's weird. You look at the stats and, you know, like they're, you know, they're ninth in scoring offense, ninth in scoring defense, but they don't take a lot of penalties, and their penalty kill is number one in the league, so... Um, you know, we saw the Gophers last weekend. They struggled to a degree, and obviously Bemidji, you know, they're not going to roll the same type of power play that, you know, Denver does. But, you know, to their credit last weekend, I mean, yeah, CC's been playing decent. And, you know, they scored eight goals on him, which is more than the Gophers did, right? And CC, the goalie, I think, did Howe play on Saturday? I think he did. I thought I saw that. Yeah, so Joe Howe got in there on Saturday after the other kid played Friday. But, yeah, Bemidji, like Hammy said, I mean, they played a decent non-conference schedule, and, um, you know, we'll see how they do kind of away from their rink. Obviously, it's not the easiest place to go into and play up there, but um, if you get them on the big ice, but I'm sure I probably said the exact same thing a few years ago when they came down here and beat the Gophers like 6-2 to two or whatever. So I guess we'll see. <laughs> well, we have a full slate of, of uh, games this weekend. Finally, everybody's back and playing, and we'll kick it off with Denver heading to 11th place, Wisconsin. Hammy, what are your thoughts? Wait, wait, wait. Can you can you repeat that last part again for me, please? That's eleventh place, Wisconsin. Oh, okay. I had a bug in my ear, so I couldn't quite hear that. I, to make sure that still <laughs> I know Chuck's probably listening. He just loves that. Obviously, you know, Mankato's up uh, one point on them, and they have two games on hand. But nevertheless, Wisconsin is in eleventh place right now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you knew it was going to be a bit of a down year for Wisconsin. You just didn't envision it being quite that down. You know, I mean, they had the the freshman goalies and, uh, you know, you knew that they were trying to replace some offense and some, uh, def- you know, they've, you know, Schultz is a good defensive player, but I mean, you know, they had some holes to fill and certainly, but you didn't expect them to be that low in the standings and Denver's, you know, obviously playing very well right now. And, um, you know, St. Cloud went into Wisconsin a few weeks ago and swept them. And so you kind of have to say, well, St. Cloud can do it. Denver is certainly, you know, much more capable of doing that. Whether that'll happen or not, you know, of course we don't know. But uh, it won't surprise me a bit if Denver goes in there and sweeps them. I, I would expect with the week off that uh, Wisconsin would be, you know, probably pretty well prepared for things. And, uh, you know, so I, 
I probably would call it a split, but it won't shock me at all if Denver sweeps. By the way, Chuck Schwartz hates me now. <laughs> it's yeah. Well, join the group, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think Wisconsin might do okay. I mean, you look at kind of the way the two teams are going, and you know, like Hammy said, Wisconsin had the week off, and you know, say what you want about Eves, but he's a good coach, and he's going to have them ready, and they kind of need to make a stand this weekend. I mean, there's obviously this isn't going to be their year for any you know big time championship or prize, but you know they have Appamidgee and at Minnesota to close the year, so this you know probably again it's at home against a good team, but. You know, you'd like to make some noise at home this weekend. And, you know, Denver is, you know, riding pretty high after sweeping the Gophers. Now they have to go on the road and they're going to, just like us, see that Wisconsin at the bottom of the standings. So it's only natural, um, you know, maybe have a little bit of a letdown, though. The Cole Center is obviously a fun place to play. And I'm sure, you know, despite the issues the Badgers have had this year, it'll be pretty full and uh, certainly rocking. And they'll senior night on Saturday. So I expect a split. I think Wisconsin will show up again. They do have, you know, their top lines, maybe not as good as any in the league, but, you know, one of the best lines and their blue line is pretty decent. And if they can, you know, get any kind of goaltending, I think they can take a couple of points and hopefully they do from a gopher perspective. I was thinking the same thing. Well, Chuck, we'll be rooting for the Badgers this weekend. Just this weekend, though. Anchorage visits St. Cloud State. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a St. Cloud sweep. I mean, you know, the Anchorage is pretty, they're obviously the worst team in the league. And uh, St. Cloud's, you know, getting a little healthier and certainly been playing some you know, relatively solid hockey lately, and they've got uh, their goalie situation is pretty, you know, settled down. And I mean, it sounds like they're probably going to go. I mean, I don't know. It sounds like they'll go with Lee. I don't know. It depends upon, uh, I guess, you know, how who performs if he performs well on a Friday. I, I don't know. But they went with him both games in Wisconsin, so I'm assuming he's going to be the guy moving forward. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, St. Cloud's kind of thin, you know, with the injuries and departures at midseason, but uh, they've been playing better, and I would. I'd be surprised if there's anybody but a sweep. Yeah, you know, you can't. You know, obviously, you can't do this. But if you throw out that Minnesota series where St. Cloud was definitely in both games, though they were anyone who watched, they were vastly outplayed, especially on Saturday. But um, you know, St. Cloud's been hanging in there despite the injuries. I mean, a lot of splits. But again, if you know you're that depleted and you can split against some pretty decent teams like CC and North Dakota and Western Michigan, and they've kind of hung around. So I mean, I, you know, Anchorage, I, you know, they've been terrible all year. But you know, it, this strikes me as one of those series where it's six one the first night and maybe four two with an empty netter. Something like that. I'm not sure if St. Cloud's going to pull them out necessarily, but um, you know, I think the Anchorage will be able to hang in for one of the games. But yeah, I fully expect St. Cloud to lead the weekend with four points. Well, and the thing about those series as well is, you know, when you're playing the worst team in the league, and and you know that the crowd intensity is going to be pretty low, and you know, you just wonder, is it? You know, sometimes it happens where a team just kind of sleepwalks just enough to blow one game, and you know, fans hate that crap, and certainly we've seen that happen with the Gophers over the years on occasion. So that's the only way I see St. Cloud losing one, but I don't even think that'll happen. And really, it's a big weekend for them. They really need to sweep. I mean, by doing that, they can jump quite a few teams in the standings, you know, depending on results. But, you know, I mean, you look, they could be right on the, the edge of uh, home ice if they can sweep this weekend. I mean, it's well, not far away from them. Yeah, I mean, what – it's going to be, you know, I mean, next, that puts them at 25 points. Yeah. The next few weeks, it's definitely going to be a battle. I mean, I, you know, I was monkeying around with the, uh, that what if calculator and, uh, I, I have them ended up, I think in seventh place. So that just missing by a couple points, but, um, it won't shock me if, you know, they might manage to sneak in there and grab, you know, one of the, you know, like the sixth place spot, but you know, I don't know what's going to happen with CC, but you know, I think that, uh, certainly they're capable of that. Yeah, and I think for all those teams kind of right in that middle area, and, you know, we mentioned North Dakota earlier, and we'll see how they can finish. I mean, obviously they have a chance with the way they're going to really climb up the standings, but, um, you know, with the trip to Denver mixed in, we'll see how they finish. But I think it's not so much of even getting home ice or whatever, but I think it's if you're one of those, you know, Michigan Tech, Bemidji, Omaha, CC, even just avoid North Dakota in the first round. And, you know, I think any of those teams would rather, you know, let's say North Dakota slips a little bit. I think a lot of those teams would rather go on the road to play, you know, Omaha, for instance, versus hosting North Dakota because that, you know, they're clearly the you know hottest team out of that, you know, really tight middle of the standings. We also have Duluth heading to Mankato. Yeah, this will be interesting. I mean, Duluth, you know, they've been so up and down the last month and, you know, I think just in general it feels like they do pretty well against Mankato, but like we touched on earlier, Mankato's playing pretty decent hockey right now and, you know, Duluth will be without JT Brown, of course, and 
So we'll see. I mean, Duluth, again, that's just one of those deals where they had that awesome run and, you know, you knew they were due for a letdown and it's kind of, you know, they beat North Dakota last you know Saturday, but I mean, splitting at home against them and, you know, almost getting shut out on Friday night, they scored with, you know, a minute left or whatever. And, um, you know, and then Saturday, you don't want to diminish the win, but then blood gets kicked out and, you know, the North Dakota almost came back. So it's not like Duluth got, you know, everything clicking again last weekend. And, you know, again, just going on the road against a team that's playing well, I, I'll say maybe three points for Duluth, but, it, you know, just right now with the way they're going and without arguably their top, you know, for sure their top goal scorer, I would say, and, you know, one of their top, you know, two players along with Jack Connolly, it's just tough to, you know, predict a road sweep for them right now. I mean, they split at Anchorage, you know, and Anchorage is markedly worse than Mankato right now. Yeah, I mean, I... I maybe because I'm just playing it safe, but I guess I still see it as a Duluth sweep. But you know, I it's one of those things where I, momentum is a very finicky thing, and if the minute you that you lose it, it's sometimes it's going to be tough to get back. And I think we've kind of seen that with Duluth, and you know, ever since their uh, that streak ended in and Nebraska, I mean, I think that uh, you've seen that they've been kind of uh, inconsistent, you know, from one game to the next, and I. It won't surprise me if they don't get all the points there. I, I think that I have them, you know, when I was using that calculator. I think I'm sweeping this weekend, but I do think that, you know, they're going to lose probably a couple games in the last uh, few weeks. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm i calling a sweep on this one for Duluth, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Ryan ends up being correct. Michigan Tech heading up to Grand Forks to take on the Sioux. And, yes, they are the Sioux. Wait, no, should, do we need to check that as a change? Is it, I mean, seriously, what a joke oh, that is. I haven't checked the most recent emails, but I believe they are. And remember, though, they're just doing it because the state is telling them to. They probably don't really want to be the Sioux, but, you know, the state, you know, it's the law now, so they really need to abide by it. And, I and, am yeah. laughing my ass off in this whole situation. I mean, They are just, just screwing themselves even more. It just, it's, it's quite entertaining. I mean, it's something we could talk about forever, but they're fighting the, you know, the PC police, and that's just something that in 2012, and who the hell knows how long this is going to drag out, but you're not going to win that battle. The sooner they give it up, the better, but it's kind of fun to watch from afar, but then again, it's so annoying just to, like, hear about it all the time, and it's just back and forth and seemingly endless, so. Hey, if they want to keep the soon name, that's fine with me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, seriously, I don't, if they want to shoot themselves in the foot and, you know, not in just, you know, in their total athletic department, that's their business. But, you know, I, I think it's funny because I'm sure it's, there's a lot of uh, NDSU fans that are probably voting on those things to, yeah, keep the soon name. <laughs> you know, I mean, do you think it's like, be like, you know, it'd be like St. Cloud fans or Duluth fans being like, yeah, you know, anything to vote to hurt the Gophers athletics, I'm sure they'd probably be all game about it. But yeah, I mean, I just, to me, the whole thing is, uh, it's gotten to the point of being ridiculous and this entity suing that entity and uh, the only one that are benefiting are the lawyers, you know, and so, yeah, but yeah, if they want to keep it, have fun, you know, I'm sure the NCAA will be, you know, a favorite moving forward. So, um, yeah, but anyways, as far as the actual series goes, um, I would probably say, you know, Given the way North Dakota is playing, I think it's kind of hard to pick against them at home. You know, even though Tech's been pretty pesky and uh, you know this entire year, and I, you know it'll be interesting because I do think that Tech will go in there. I mean, we saw how they were here. You know, they're not going to back down um, just because the other team has got the big name and they're more talented or whatever. Um, so it, I'm sure it's. I have a feeling it's going to be a feisty series, probably feistier than people might you know on the surface realize. Because I don't think Tech's going to back down, and so. Um, it won't be su- surprising to me if you see a little bit of uh, the you know the scrums going on and whatever because uh, I think Tech's going to go in there probably with a little bit of a you know uh, an edge and see you know they got to match North Dakota's physicality and see how it goes. But I do think North Dakota will sweep it. But but who would have thought at the beginning of the year that you know we've got this Michigan Tech North Dakota series a couple weekends left in the year and they're one point apart in the standings. That is shocking. I mean, yeah, it's it, this is a huge series. I mean, North Dakota cannot afford to trip up now. Obviously, they've been playing well, but <laughs> unless they want to go to Tech, they got to be careful here. Well, oh, and they're, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, and their pairwise is just you know they're pretty precarious position now as well. I mean, they're down I think in the fifteen sixteen range, 
and uh, you know, even with their improved play of late, you know, they're they have no room for error, so certainly they have to win. Yeah, and I was when he brought this up, you know, last year these teams played the back to back weekends, and this is the last time they played because they haven't met this year yet. And you know, the score is the last time these teams played, you know, the four games in a row was six one North Dakota, eleven to two, eight to nothing, and three to one. So a lot of the North Dakota bodies have changed, but for Tech, it feels like they have a lot of the same players back, and, you know, it's been almost a calendar year since that happened, but at the same time, with scores like that and back-to-back weekends, it's not something you're going to forget, and, you know, Tech, they, they're going to play tough, like Hammy said. I, mean, I don't see North Dakota putting up, you know, five, six goals and running them out of the building. I just think Tech, you know, they're obviously a little bit down last weekend against Omaha, but they're going to go in there and battle, and I expect North Dakota to merge with four points, but again, it wouldn't shocking if they didn't and if they do it's you know i don't think it's going to be as easy as it's come in the past for them against tech well you talked about uh, omaha here and they face cc at cc and it's another deal i mean omaha's up one point on them so another huge series well and this is you know these are two of the hardest teams for me to figure out i mean when i look at the wcha i mean these teams I don't know what to expect. I mean, we saw, you know, CC play us pretty tough. You know, they had some really good goaltending and whatever when they were here. But then, of course, they go on the road and, you know, Bemidji's sweeping them, putting four goals up each night. And you're saying to yourself, okay, wow, you know, what's with CC? And then, you know, they got three points out of Denver, you know, the week before that, and we didn't get any, you know. So I say to myself, you know, which where which CC team is this, you know? And then UNO has been kind of, up and down and all over the map the whole year and so yeah it's it's this is probably for me the hardest series to kind of you know figure out i would probably say you know simply because of that fact i would go with a split because i just don't know you know which team's going to show up which night yeah i mean i'd say you know if anything maybe give a slight edge to cc just because in general they've had better goaltending this year and i think their high-end players are a little bit better than what omaha's high-end guys are and they have home ice but again it's just Every time you kind of want to get on CC's bandwagon and say, you know, because they were picked reasonably high at the start of the year, and you know, rightfully so. With I mean, it's weird that you thought Joe Howe would kind of be the guy in that, and it's been the Thornbird kid. But um, you know, with the Schwartz brothers and Gensel and Dita, you know, move the puck around the power play, and it's every time you want to pick them a little bit. I mean, they take three points from Denver, and it's like, okay, here we go, and then they get swept by Bemidji, and it's kind of you know another step backwards. So. I'll say three points for CC, but again, there's honestly, there's anything this weekend. Other Omaha sweeping would be the only result that would surprise me. Anything beyond that, it's just, you know, again, like Hammy said, it's two teams that are really tough to kind of put your finger on. Well, and the other thing I would bring up is uh, Nick Deneen for CC has been out uh, ever since that Denver's. And I did kind of hint at this on Twitter, but for, I was told behind the scenes by some Gopher people that the reason why Nick Deneen was out is because he got clobbered. Uh, supposedly illegally um, by Mr. Zucker of DU the week before and nothing got called. And of course he didn't get suspended, but uh, you know, it's kind of interesting how some of these things work out in the end, but uh, yeah, I, you know, certainly Deneen's a loss for CC as well. And I think he's going to be out still. So, um, so I'm sure that'll hurt uh, their chances a bit. Finally, we've got Bemidji heading to Mariucci this weekend. Uh, the series is uh, all Minnesota, pretty much eight one and one overall, and they've only played ten times. So obviously, the last ten meters is eight one and one. Um, looks like Friday's game is going to be on FSN Plus, so good luck finding it. And uh, Saturday game back on FSN. I don't know if you guys noticed this weekend, but looks like FSN Plus had some issues uh, Saturday night. Uh, they shut off the feed or switched to phishing or something like that, and for a lot of cable customers, and they were not too happy. But the series, what do you think? Well, I mean, my feeling, I said it earlier, the Gophers need, you know, to me, this is the playoffs start now for me. I mean, I think that moving forward, if you want to win the league, I mean, it's playoff hockey from here on out for the rest of the season. And, uh, you know, you got to start here. I mean, there's no more excuses. There's no more of the... uh, you know, one night on, one night off, you know, that kind of stuff. If you want to be a championship team and you want to be considered a contender for it all, these are the kind of series, you know, with all due respect to Bemidji, that you got to sweep at home. And, uh, you know, we saw Patterson needs to play a little better. I mean, he didn't play real well on Friday. 
Um, defensively, some of these guys, Alton, uh, Marshall didn't have good Friday nights. Hull continues to annoy the hell out of me. And I'll, you know, I usually don't, <laughs> I don't single guys out usually like. Well, this. you were praising him last week, so that's why it's funny. Well, that's totally that's the opposite thing. this week. Well, I give him credit for when he made a play. I mean, okay. Oh, yeah. But the, the, my feeling is this, is that I, I don't like to say this kind of stuff, but if he wants to go pro, have at it. Because, I, you know, we got a couple of good recruits coming in next year, and this kid annoys wow. the hell out of me with how soft he plays. And I, I just can't it, – it's frustrating as hell. I mean, I, I'm frustrated by that kid. And so um, – but anyways, to get back on track, I, I feel like, you know, this is a series you got to sweep. Gophers have more talent up front. They're – you know, Bemidji's certainly going to be – It's you know, I don't suspect it's going to be wide open. You know, they play pretty – defensive style in terms of uh, what I see for statistics. I mean, in WCHA play, they're third in the league in goals against. So, um, you know, they're going to play, I think, pretty tight games and probably conservative. I, I doubt they're going to try to get an up-and-down racehorse game with us. So um, it's probably going to be one of those where, as a Gopher fan, you have to be patient. And uh, But I, I think it should be a sweep for the Gophers. Not an easy one, but a sweep. Yeah, I echo a lot of what Hammy said. And you look at Bemidji this year, and you know, they're Hammy alluded to it earlier, but they're eleven four and one at home, and four eight and two on the road. And you look at, you know, they were swept at Colorado College, they were swept at Duluth, um, they were swept at Denver. So a lot of the, you know, kind of the upper echelon WCHA teams have taken care of business against Bemidji at home. And really, there's no reason for the Gophers not to do the same this weekend. You know, I think for me, big picture wise, you know, obviously be nice for the Gophers to win a ton of games the rest of the way. But, you know, I envision them winning four out of the next six. So, you know, obviously, if that's, you know, I think if they do that, they're going to guarantee themselves a top two finish, maybe even number one, depending on how other teams do, of course. But, um, and as great as it would be to win the league, I think, you know, big picture wise, you know, position yourself good in the pairwise. And a good way to do that is to avoid having to play, you know, Thursday night in St. Paul. So if you, of course, can finish in the top two and then win your first round playoff series, you're going to do that. So, um, you know, an easy way to kind of start that path this weekend is to take four, you know, get two of those wins against Bemidji, which, um, you know, on paper, this might be the easiest series the rest of the way. I know Wisconsin at home is not going to be easy either, but that's a rivalry series. And even though Wisconsin's a little bit down this year, it's still, you know, I think that's going to be a pretty tough battle. And um, that can be one of those ones, too, where it's, you know, not necessarily Wisconsin's season, but, you know, they're not going to have a lot to play for. And, you know, coming in and upending Minnesota and preventing them from winning a league title or something like that, you know, we've seen in the past where that can kind of motivate teams. So um, Bemidji's been not great away from home. And, you know, again, the Gophers are talented and a lot more talented than Bemidji it doesn't always matter but um you know and the key for the Gophers it's going to be that top line I mean Beef said and Rao those guys are going to need to carry him I mean we've seen you know a couple other guys chip in here and there and you know but you know the scoring has kind of dried up a little bit from those guys and as a result the teams you know struggled a little bit and I don't know how much they can count on the secondary scoring the rest of the way I think you know hopefully you know Hull is one of those guys he's probably to Hall what Hammy or what you know Justin Hall is to Hammy what Eric Hall is to me in that some nights he looks really good and makes some really good plays, and then there are other times where it just leaves you scratching your head, like, what's the guy doing out there? And so hopefully, you know, whoever ends up on the second line, those guys can keep it going. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, if Bukestad and Rao aren't scoring, I just don't know how far this team's going to go. So hopefully they, you know, they're at home, they can get that back on track, get those guys scoring. Patterson can, you know, there's no reason to assume he's going to fall off. I think he'll be, you know, kind of back on the wagon. And, you know, again, Bemidji's not nearly the offensive team that Denver is. And, um, yeah, there's really no, you know, unless it's a 50-save performance by their goalie, there's, I don't think there's any excuse why the Gophers shouldn't get four points this week. Now, after the suspension last weekend, uh, Coach Lucia really kind of mixed up the lines. He didn't just replace a player. He really mixed them up. Do you think he'll go back to the original lines or maybe try to mix it up again? I didn't like the fact that he mixed the lines up that much, to be quite honest with you. I thought that was an important game. And granted, they did play relatively well in the game, but I really didn't like the fact that they made such vast changes when they probably could have just plugged in one guy into Rao's spot and, you know, just lived with it, you know. But uh, they did definitely make some big changes. And for me, it's like, why make change, such big changes in that game because of one guy when you've basically gone with the same lineup all year and you could have changed the other time? I don't know. To me, it was – I didn't entirely agree with that decision, but, of course, I'm not the coach. But, uh, 
Um, we'll, you know, I, I would suspect everything will be back to normal. I, I can't believe that they would not have it like it's been, you know, after all season, but, uh, who knows? Yeah. And it seems like Lucia kind of does that once a year and whether it's driven by injury or in this case suspension, but, you know, he kind of puts the, you know, not that there was necessarily one fourth line guy on each line, but, you know, kind of spread out the grinders and, um, you know, whether it's to spark the guys in the line or get, you know, a little bit more physical play in there, you know, it's, there's a number of reasons why he could be doing it, but I'm with Hammy. I mean, I wasn't a huge fan. I mean, when I saw it, I was just like kind of sighed and was like, well, it seems like kind of an overreaction and, you know, maybe he was just trying to use it to tinker with some things or again, I don't know. It seems like a weird time if he's going to do that, but you know, again, just spitballing, but yeah, I would assume that things will be pretty much back to normal and especially with the top line. And um, one thing for me, that's kind of been weird the last few weeks is the fact that Saratori has found his way out of the lineup. And I don't know. I mean, I know he took a few penalties here and there, but with a guy like that, that plays, you know, on the fourth line and brings some energy, I think you're going to accept some penalties, but um, you know, I thought he was okay on Saturday night, but it's, I don't know. It's just weird that, you know, there's some other guys that, um, you know, like a, this is not a rip on Christian Isaacson. I know he did some good things this weekend, but again, in that fourth line role, give me Joey Miller and Tom Saratori, those type of guys on the wing and, you know, whoever you want up the middle. But I just think that, you know, fourth line penalty killing, those type of guys are more valuable than somebody like Isaacson, who, you know, I think has a pretty bright future ahead of him. But for crunch time with the team that's in position to do, you know, maybe not a national championship, but to hang a banner or two down the road, I'd rather just go with some older guys that kind of fit that mold a little bit versus, uh, you know, more of a skilled finesse player like Isaacson. Well, uh, MN State of Hockey, he's like, uh, he's talking about on Twitter, you know, Jake Hansen took a couple offensive penalties in the same game this this weekend. That has to stop. And I think that kind of, that was kind of the theme of the weekend, especially in the Saturday game, the undisciplined play, Hall with the high stick, Budish with the inexplicable interference penalty. Um, these kids got to get their heads on straight and be a little more disciplined or they are going to drop out of the NCAA tournament. Well, it's been the Achilles heel for the team, you know, throughout the year has been some, I mean, you know, you're not going to totally eliminate bad penalties in a season. Of course, they're going to happen here or there, but when I think back on most of their, you know, struggles, it's definitely, you know, been some penalty related issues, uh, even going all the way back to the Vermont series, um, when they lost that game, you know, I mean, it was all about penalties and, uh, you know, some of these penalties, I mean, that Hull, you know, it was a killer when he got that high stick. I mean, you know, that's just, you got to know what the hell you're doing with your stick out there. You know, you can't just be wildly swinging around. I don't care if you're trying to lift a guy's stick or not, you know, at that point in the game, you have to be careful about what the hell you're doing. And, uh, you know, that cost us. And as far as Hanson goes, you know, on that game winning goal, you know, he was the one who didn't get out to the point. You know, to, to kind of, he got interfered with a little bit on the play, but, you know, he didn't get out there, you know. And so, you know, we gave him praise the prior weeks, I think, in St. Cloud. We made that nice play on Warning's, you know, game-winning goal. Um, but you kind of have to also critique him a little bit on that particular play and say he didn't get out there to his man and, and stop that from potentially happening. Well, what also killed him on that play was also that Mr. Condon did not cover the goal scorer at all after faceoff. That just killed him. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's a, it was a team breakdown, but, you know, was, I'd, I'd look at it piece by piece. You lose the draw, that's the killer. Then you don't get out to the point fast enough. That's, you know, and so, I mean, yeah, it's a combination of factors. But to me, that was the glaring one. And the, Obviously, the face-off thing is obviously a huge deal, too. Um, in past years, I mean, you know, their, their percentage has been a little low, but what we've always talked about, whether it's on the message board or whatever, is it's not just the – you know how many you're losing it's when you're losing them and where you're losing them and obviously on the game winning goal offensive or defensive zone uh loss in the face off game over yeah and that's you know again i touched on it at the start but it seems like that's what they were doing against st cloud and you know some other teams recently and you know i mean to be honest denver's a lot better than st cloud and especially up the middle with you know the shore brothers and astro he's a guy that's been around and you know, those are guys that are a little bit older, stronger. And, um, you know, the thing, you know, the troubling thing is that, you know, I wouldn't shock me if the Gophers get to the final five where they need to do some damage or at least split. I, you know, it could be a situation where if they lose, 
you know, let's say they do end up getting in the bye and they get to Friday and they might need to win that game. If they end up losing to, you know, whoever, I mean, that with how thing, tight things are with the pairwise and, you know, there's a month of games to be played, but, um, you know, it'd be a real shame if they, you know, missed the tournament again in a final five situation. I think that happened, what was it, three or four years ago that when they lost to Duluth in the Thursday night game and they ended up, you know, missing the tournament. We've seen other years where they haven't made it there and that's the reason they, you know, didn't get in. But, um, you know, they're going to have to beat, you know, somebody like a Denver or, a, you know, Duluth or somebody like that at the final five. And, you know, again, they might need to do it to win the final five, but they might need to do it just to keep their season going and get an NCAA tournament berth. So, um, you know, you don't want to overreact too bad. I mean, they were in both games to a certain degree, especially Saturday. And, you know, Denver's a really good team. But, um, you know, they've kind of put themselves in this spot with the, you know, the poor non-conference record. And, you know, it seems like any weekend now where they, you know, it's bad for them, it's even worse, you know, for them than it would be somebody else just because their, you know, situation of their pairwise ranking. Well, and that's the thing that we talked about earlier in the season. That's why you have to take – you can't look at those non-conference games as just throwaway games. You know, you can't. And that's why we're in the position that we're in. And, we, I mean, we harped on it earlier in the year. You know, you can't take those games, you know, lightly. You have to really focus on them because, you know, in some ways they're maybe even a little more important because of the fact that, you know, you, those can swing some of those, uh, you know, some of those pairwise situations. So, I mean, that's, to me, that was a killer, you know, and it's, it's just something to remind ourselves when you look back on the season. Those are the, those are the games that you let slip away that really can hurt you. And now you know you're at the point where it could be just one game that just knocks you out, and it's all because of a few games that you didn't take care of business earlier in the year. Yep, it's going to be an interesting few weeks. Um, really, obviously, everyone on GPL was you know chicken little freaking out on Saturday night, but give it a few weeks. We'll see where we are. You know after. You know, UNO, I think after a UNO, we'll have a pretty good feeling where we're going to be. Well, yeah, and like I said, I, for me, it's just playoff hockey from here on yeah. out. I mean, I just, yeah. that's got to be the mentality. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen this weekend, but for me, the one thing I do want to see more than anything else is the Gophers to come out and just play with fire, you know, play hard, take over the game. I don't. I mean, I'm not saying that they got to blow them out on the scoreboard, but at least make it known in both games that, we're the better team, you know, we're serious about making a run here, and, you know, now is the time to get down to business. And that's what I want to see as much as anything. Of course, I want to see two wins, and I'd rather win two games ugly than lose any of them. But, I mean, nonetheless, I expect, you know, that they need to start uh, really showing it on the ice that, hey, we're serious about making a run. And, you know, one of the issues, too, for Minnesota the next few weekends is that, you know, we saw it this weekend with Denver, and again, you don't want to, I don't know if it bores people or not with the whole paralyzed discussion, but, you know, these are the only times of the year they play Omaha and Bemidji, and the, both those teams right now are teams under consideration, so that can go one of two ways. I mean, if you do some damage against those teams, and, you know, on one hand, that hurts their paralyzed ranking, but if you can get a couple wins, but those teams stay, you know, as teams under consideration by the end of the year, it's going to be almost impossible for you to lose the comparison against them because two of the points in the whole deal are, you know, go to your favor. But we saw it with Denver, and like I said earlier, it's going to be tough for the Gophers to win that comparison now because they're 0-2 against them, and you know there's only so many other ways you can swing it in such a you know kind of a violent fashion where you can take you know one or two points on the weekend. So um, you know hopefully the team can do some damage and you know at least sweep one of these series just to kind of put it in your back pocket that you know hey that's one comparison we're for sure going to win. And like I said one comparison you know or two or whatever, but it's you know it might come down to that for this team, and you know how bad would it suck if they you know you know lose and tie at Omaha and they end up losing that comparison and that's what cost them I mean again you don't want to get too far down the road but with how you know, how fine the line is for this team and what it could be um, I think that's a realistic scenario in a month or so when the uh, when the brackets are unveiled and that's exactly what happened a few years ago um, talking with the U.S. College Hockey Online guys when Minnesota just missed the tournament um, all they needed to do was just get a tie against Michigan Tech up at Tech and that was the game. They had a fluky goal that they lost in overtime, and uh, that pretty much cost them their tournament berth. So, well, and it shouldn't it's just be little that, things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's the thing, you know, it you really shouldn't get to that point where it's just a one play or a fluke goal or whatever is what you know costs you an NCAA berth th- throughout the entire season. You know, I mean, it, if you take care of business when you should. You know, that's you're not going to have to worry about those things. But unfortunately, in recent years, we've just not 
done enough at key times to just kind of put us over the hump and to that point where you're not going to worry about, you know, the off fluke game or whatever that's going to cost you a, a berth. Any other thoughts on the weekend, guys? That's about it. Just want to see a good two good efforts and two wins. Just for the fans out there, a uh, good time to show up would be Saturday night early. Uh, University is going to do a 10th anniversary celebration for the 2002 national championship team. Obviously, uh, it was a pretty, uh, pretty big, pretty big uh, accomplishment for the team since they hadn't won in 23 years. And yes, it's already been 10 years. So uh, they're going to do a pregame ceremony. So get there early. Uh, I understand right now you can get tickets for 15 bucks standing room. On, uh, so take advantage of it. Yeah, and for those people that either you know can't get there this Saturday or live out of town or whatever, um, and GopherSports.com has had some cool videos this week. I think yesterday was they talked with Lucia for two or three minutes and asked some various questions about it. And then I think Grandpa Tony was today, and I think Gensel's tomorrow, I yep. want to say. Yep. Or, mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of, you know, they kind of say the standard answers. Grant obviously talks a little bit more kind of opens up a vein more than Lucia did, but just as a fan to see a lot of the highlights and images again. And, you know, it's definitely a, it was a huge thing, and it's weird that it's been 10 years. But, uh, yeah, definitely head over to Gopher Sports and check those videos out. I think it's uh, really worthwhile. Anything going on in recruiting news, Hammy? Uh, not so much with us. Um, so I, I don't have much to say about that. Now We talked a little bit about the – fun North Dakota stuff today, but uh, other than that, no. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that pretty much does it, unless you guys have anything else. Nope, that's it. Good. All right. That's it for this week's Gopher Puck Live podcast. We'll be back next week and hopefully be talking about a Bemidji Series sweep. And We'll just have to see. For Thank- the Gophers, that is. <laughs> well, we hope so. In favor of us. <laughs> And obviously, we'll preview the UNO series as well. Thanks for tuning in. 